Welcome to the Owl Blues Showcase. Episode 142. Hey. It's February of 2019. And we're just kind of plugging along here. Happily. No. With the blues. <laughs> Heard from uh, Scotty, who obviously is back from Memphis. And, uh, he was excited, had a good time down there. And, uh, so, good deal there. Scotty got to play Memphis. Been wanting to do that for a long, long time. And it finally happened. So, congrats to Scotty. The original bad boy of the blues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I picked that name on purpose back in the day. And it still holds true. <laughs> Although Scotty's not as bad as he used to be. So. And that's a good thing. <laughs> well, tonight we'll be uh, listening to the Tom Gary Blues Band Part Dos. <laughs> this, uh, so, so here's the story. I'm sure I've said it before, but there are four versions of the Tom Gary Blues Band. Now, other people have come and gone and went in all those bands, but there was a core of players in all those. So the very first one was the one I started in 19... 9 to 1, and uh, when I got back to Des Moines, and uh, I got back in, I think, October-ish, and by November, December, uh, me and uh, Ron Miller, who we affectionately called Rongo, and David Nesbitt, uh, we... Uh, were playing down in his uh, apartment. He had one of those. Uh, he lived in one of these old houses that had been turned into an apartment. He lived in the upstairs. And, uh, we practiced there, well, I think once a week, maybe twice a week. Uh, cleared down in Ingenola, Iowa, and uh, and we had uh, we had a good time. Then uh, we added a few people down along the way. Um, like uh, uh, Tracy Murphy <coughs> joined us. She was like a cousin, of, or was married to a cousin of Dave's. And, uh, Matt Witzel uh, played bass for a while, but then eventually we replaced him with uh, uh, Scott Sutherland, and then uh, Tracy. Uh, uh, left. Um, <laughs> it, it's a long story. I don't think I'll go into it tonight. <laughs> uh, but I would say I had nothing to do with that. I always get blamed for this. Uh, but it had nothing to do with me. I was just doing what I was told. And, uh, and I took the blame because I'm that kind of person. I got broad shoulders. I can take that. 
Yes, it was very painful. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, where were we? Oh, yeah, the first time Gary Blues Band. So uh, we uh, put this band together. Uh, Scott Sutherland eventually been the bass player, and then uh, we played uh, we played a lot of gigs. Uh, we played uh, mostly on Thursday nights at uh, Blues on Grand, but then we also played at Connie's, and we played at... Uh, downtown, uh, Court Avenue, uh, different places there, played out in Perry. Uh, we had a, a really good summer, uh, a lot of gigs, and that Thursday night house gig just blew up. It was huge. And uh, and I, I met a lot, a lot, a lot of friends Thursday nights that are still friends to this day. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was just, uh, it was magical. And then uh, here's the thing. I, I was wanting to go back to Kansas City that whole time, and I was looking for a job in uh, teaching because I had taught in Kansas City, and I took a year off to play music with John Paul and the Hellhounds and some other bands down there, and, and that never really panned out. And uh, So I came back to Des Moines just to kind of, uh, get myself organized again to be able to, you know, try to find another gig. And so, uh, I put this band together and, and like I said, we just had a great time. A smart person, which I'm not, would have <laughs> just kept playing and having fun because, uh, it was the most successful I had been up at that point in my career. And, uh, not only did I had that jam session going on Thursday, but we also, because it was so popular, we had been able to put together uh, the beginning of the Central Blue Society uh, out of that jam session. And uh, we had organized a bunch of people, enough to impress Connie, who got a hold of the register, and we had they had a meeting. Um, and, of course, I didn't make the first meeting, and I'll explain that here in a second. <laughs> and then... Uh, so what happened with all this stuff is I'm looking for a job this whole time teaching. I'm an art teacher at that point. And uh, I'd been on a few interviews and uh, had, had been at clear up to Wisconsin, a few other places, and, uh, uh, and I'd got an interview down in Kansas City in this Catholic school. And I thought, oh, this, this is good. And I went down there, and the interview was great. Uh, and of course I had a lot of friends in Kansas City still because I've only been gone for a year. So I'm kind of excited. I'm thinking, ah, I'm going to be able to, 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 to get everything back what I kind of lost. And, uh, so I get down there and, uh, while I'm down there is when that first, uh, meeting happens with the Blue Society. So I'm not there at that first meeting. So anyway, uh, I'm down there in Kansas City and I'm at this Catholic school and I think I've told this story before, but. Uh, there was no contract, there was no insurance or anything. It was, you know, we'd already been there for a week, and uh, I was like, this is bad. And then I began to think about all the things that I had forgotten or left in Des Moines, and all of a sudden I was feeling the opposite, that instead of going back to Kansas City, I probably should have stayed in Des Moines. And so, you know, after a week I said, I got to get out of here. Uh, this isn't going to work. And the principal was like, yeah, this is cool. If you were under contract, I'd be upset, but you're not. <laughs> and I'm like, 
that's an awfully weird reaction of somebody who's, you know, getting ready to start the school year and their art teacher just leaves. But nah, you know what? Uh, it was probably the best decision I made. But at the time, I felt it was probably pretty stupid because I come back to Des Moines and find out I had nothing, <laughs> including the band. Everything it just pretty much went away. Uh, you know, another band had taken over Thursdays uh, and. Uh, the Blue Society was way out of control already. <laughs> it had gotten so big, and there were all these people interested in running it. And by the second meeting, it was obvious that it wasn't going to be me. And uh, so, you know, uh, pretty much lost everything. And so the second Tom Gary Blues Band, which comes along probably about six months after that, uh, is the one we're listening to tonight. And so this one had, uh, the original one, had me and Billy Birch. We, me and Billy had played together. It was Billy was actually played at the end of the first Tom Gary Blues Band. He and Jeff Ward were showing up and playing at the jam on Thursday, and they became our uh, horn section. And so uh, when I started the second Tom Gary Blues Band, well, there he was. And uh, so me and Billy, we did a lot of uh, duo stuff. And then eventually, uh, we had a, a drummer named Sean who played with us. So we kind of did a three-piece thing. And then Sean left, and then we picked up uh, Harry Michaels on guitar, uh, Steve Green on drums, and Ernie Terrell on the bass. And then for some reason, Steve, I don't know what happened, but this gig we got here, Ron's playing, Ron. Uh, Rongo Miller on the drums with uh, Ernie Terrell on bass, uh, Harry Michaels on guitar, um, me on piano. Now I think, and again, this is the second version, I think it's at Johnny's Hall of Fame because at the beginning of the show, you're gonna hear references to Powerball and, uh, and we didn't win. And I can remember, I remember distinctly that happening, and I'm playing at Johnny's, although I thought I was playing with, my brain just has me thinking I was with a different version of the Tom Gary Blues Band, the third one with Luke Hart, Jimmy Farr, and Woody, but uh, it's not. <laughs> and, and it could be because Ron's playing with this. It could be when we were up in Adele, but I would think I would have said something because I mentioned Adele, uh, but and I, we, we practiced up in Adele with Ron a few times, so, uh, um, and I remember that. So it could have been a gig at that place, uh, but I'm not 100% sure. So uh, that's what's going to be going on tonight. So exciting. But you know what I forgot? Yeah. America's favorite segment, letters. Letters. We get letters. We get stacks and stacks of letters. All right. Jono. All right, so, uh, boy, that was stupid. I forgot all about letters. Uh, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Facebook here. And this is from Facebook. And this comes, this was from January 7th, about a month ago. And uh, this is a really cool post. This comes from Ron Hill's daughter, Cherish. And she says this, thank you, Tom Gary, for this gift on his show. And this was uh, Iowa Blue Showcase 137. 
uh, with Ron Hill and Scott K. Local Licks, 1994. So if you haven't listened to it, you need to. Um, so, so she goes, thank you for this gift. Um, it includes an interview with my dad from 1994. While blues enthusiasts are excited to hear my dad's music, I am overwhelmingly blessed with the miraculous gift of hearing my daddy talk about his music and to hear him sing, My Heart is Full. I think that was really beautiful. And I'm really glad Cherish to have done that for you uh, because he was a really good friend of mine and, and uh, it was good to hear his voice. And that's one of the things I like about this podcast is that I get to hear him, I get to hear Jimmy, you know, I get to hear, uh, if I listen closely, I can hear Larry Station back there in the background. Uh, I can always hear, you know, uh, Woody, uh, a lot of these people that, that I played with and knew and miss a lot that have gone on. But uh, through the, the miracle of modern technology, they're still there. And I think I've said before, how I, I feel like that, that these, that's a time machine that maybe we can't physically go in the past, but the voices are still there. Um, they still there if you listen to them. And, I mean, I'm not talking in a metaphysical way. I'm talking in an actual present that uh, if you've recorded them, they're there. And, uh, you know, uh, it just, uh, th that's one of the things that we have that our ancestors didn't have is this ability to still hear and to see uh, our uh, family and friends that we've lost over the years. All right, letter number two. Uh, this comes from Sarah in Omaha. Uh, I'm a new listener. If I come to Des Moines, where can I find blues music? Okay, I think we've answered this question before, but it'd be good to do an update just because things change, and they obviously have changed here in town. So, uh... Let's start with uh, Mondays. Uh, sometimes you can hear blues at, at the Greenwood. They have like a, a Monday Night Live thing that Scott Sutherland does. Uh, and uh, he has guests. And sometimes it's blues, sometimes jazz, sometimes it's, you know, whatever it is. So uh, Monday's always going to be a tough night uh, because about the only music, th th there might be music around uh, the on court avenue like the coffee houses uh but trying to find blues is going to be tough tuesday night is is better because they have the uh the jam session at carl's and uh that's over i believe it's on woodland avenue and uh in the sherman hills area and that's run by uh fat tuesday least uh scott long and greg sutherland and uh so so there's a lot of good blues there on tuesday night uh wednesday again I, sometimes there's stuff at the greenwood they do a lot of rotating on wednesday nights of different acts uh more likely thursday is the night to go that's usually the soul searchers they usually have their house gig there at the Greenwood, and uh, so uh, guaranteed uh, blues there. Um, the Whiskey House doesn't do blues on Thursday anymore now. I if there is blues, it will be on the weekends on either Friday or Saturday. But again, that's going to be 
shared with rock and uh and funk and and country and everything else so uh so so whiskey house and ankeny is always a possibility the greenwood uh will have blues uh on the weekends the yacht club uh will have blues and reggae and other alternative uh type music also um Pal Joey's out in the West Side. Sometimes a lot of the Soul Searchers and other people, but uh, it's I don't think that's a consistent thing out there. Uh, Noche, uh, just sometimes blues is down there, uh, and again, it it's just it's hit and miss. Uh, Noche's more upscale, uh, so be prepared to to pay a cover. Um, a lot of places you won't have a cover, but you'll have to, to play tips. Uh, lefties, uh, sometimes on Sundays, they will have shows. Uh, and uh, Gas Lamp occasionally will have blues, being that's the old location of, uh, of uh, Grand Avenue Lounge and blues. Uh, Blues on Grand and The Grand, which when all those were the, the blues clubs. Uh, Zim sometimes, especially, again, on Monday nights, if the Blue Society is meeting, depending on where they're meeting, uh, they would definitely be, they're definitely doing blues uh, either before or after the meetings, I'm assuming after the meetings, uh, which is really cool, and I'm glad they're doing that um, because uh, hopefully... The, that will bring people out to the meetings because, uh, you know, it's always good to have people there. Uh, the more people involved, the better. Uh, I believe they're up back up to 800 members again. So uh, things are looking up for Central Out Blue Society. So uh, there you go. Um, so uh, consult uh, uh, Facebook uh, and uh, any of those places I mentioned uh they all have Facebook pages, so uh, they usually have events of some sort. So check those out, and uh, who knows? Uh, maybe you'll find something. Uh, all right, letter number three. Uh, let's see. This is from Rick from Texas. Uh, what happened to Skeeter? He uh, hasn't been – he's been quiet <laughs> – he must be scared of what's going to happen to his guy. Well, okay. Um, yeah, I I edited this, and that's why I had t trouble reading it. And the reason I edited it for a broadcast, because <laughs> uh, I just don't want to mention anybody's names. You can use your imagination on who he's talking about. Uh <laughs> I suppose we haven't heard from Skeeter in a long time, so I I, I guess that's what's going on. I don't know. It's just that's the way it is. <laughs> I suppose his guy has something to be scared of. Uh, let's hope. <laughs> just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm joking. We don't do politics here at the Out Blues Showcase. We are politically free, and all we do is do the blues, baby. That's all. Blues. All right, uh, got to get going here. Uh, so this, again, is the Tom Gary Blues Band, probably at Johnny's Hall of Fame on Court Avenue, circa 1993-ish.
So, uh, yeah, I was. I'm, I always get amazed at some of these old things that the songs I was singing back then. I was like, wow. And I also could tell from listening that I was still using the Clavinova, so it hadn't fallen apart yet. So that's kind of cool. Because uh, uh, eventually uh, the old Clav, uh, which I had been hauling around, well, I guess that makes sense. Cause I was playing it when we were sort of playing uh, on the road with the third Tom Gary Blues Band. So, and it went all over the place. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, it had a few more years left in it, and then it finally gave up the ghost. But that was a great piano. So, here's some good piano tonight, uh, and some songs that I've forgotten that I did. And uh, a shout out to John Paul and the Hellhounds because. Uh, I stole Tinani Nanu from him, and even the ending part where you let everybody solo, I stole that from him. And even the the whole thing about playing the drums and the pots and pans and the garbage cans, <laughs> I stole that from Johnny. Who stole it from somebody else? Obviously, that's something that's been said for many, many years, but uh, uh, I, I stole all that from Mr. Drum himself from Kansas City. All right. I've rambled again too much. I don't know why I do this, but I do. But, hey, it's part of the shtick. All right, here we go. Let's hear Tom Gray Blues Band version number two on the Iowa Blues Showcase. Oh, my God. 
Score. That's Howling Wolf one, Top Gear Blues Band zero. <laughs> I got the blues because the Cubs just lost. Yes, yes, yes. This has been a bad night, hadn't it, Bill? Yeah, didn't look, didn't win Powerball. For those of you wanting to keep track on Powerball, those numbers are once again 14, 15, 9, 30, 40, and 4. <laughs> he won. All right, he's buying drinks for us all. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 
outskirts of town here. Who did this, Billy? Who did this, Billy? Outskirts of town. Oh. <laughs>
short left. The one and only from Milwaukee, Iowa. The guy on the low frequency, the earthquake himself, Mr. Ernie. And we are back. 
Here's an interesting tidbit. That was recorded on a four-track Fostex. And believe it or not, the end of that set was exactly at the end of the tape. <laughs> I kid you not. That was amazing. Well-timed. Also, it's cool to hear Ron on the drums. Again, like I said, Steve Green usually played with us, but Rongo was playing with us. And I, I'm pretty sure uh, Rongo was just sitting in because um, maybe we were in between drummers because that might have been when Sean left and before Steve came in because maybe Ron played for a while and then he quit and then Steve joined the band. Because I know Steve was there at the end when I got fired, which is the way that band ended. Uh, we were practicing at, at one of my friend's house in his basement, and we'd been doing that for for the, the like a year or so. And I remember uh, we had played a gig at Sheffield's, and the guy who was the bartender was uh, was making a big deal about the two songs we always started off our sets with. One which at this point we weren't. This wasn't until Steve joined the band. And uh, we would do uh, Take Five and uh, All Blues, which is a couple of you know jazz standards. <laughs> which Why in the heck is a blues band doing jazz standards? I don't know. I'll, I will, would never figure out that. But I liked those songs. <laughs> and I just thought it was kind of fun. Well, this guy was making such a big deal about this. And this guy's, just, I mean, he's a bartender. Uh, nothing against bartenders. I love you very much. But, you know, the <laughs> uh, you're, you're not the manager of the band or, you know, uh, the, 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 you know, just, you know, stay in your lane. <laughs> I think that's what I was trying to say. So anyway, uh, this guy, it's just going on and on. And uh, he's telling him, man, you guys, you should do more of that stuff. Matter of fact, you should do nothing but that stuff, man. Now, no, you know, no bands are doing that. That would be amazing. And it's like, no, 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 no. There's a lot of bands playing that. Just because you don't get out of your little bubble and you don't go listen to real jazz musicians just because, you know, you don't know where they're playing doesn't mean bands aren't doing it. There's a lot of bands in Des Moines that play jazz and there's no need for us to compete against them because they're professionals. <laughs> so anyway, they were so inspired by this that when we had our meeting uh, or we had our practice, it suddenly turned into a band meeting and they were demanding that we uh, no longer be the Tom Gary Blues Band, but that we play jazz. And not only were they going to play jazz, but... Uh, if I didn't play jazz with them, uh, then I would be fired, and then they would go off and play jazz on their own. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, okay, uh, that ain't happening. And so I got fired <laughs> from my own band. And the funny thing is, is that, I mean, I was kind of okay with it. Uh, I mean, I like playing with those guys and I thought we were a great band, and you listen to the tape, it sounds awesome, but, uh, you know, I also knew that uh, that this guy had really sold them on them being a jazz band, and, uh, you know, so that's what they did, and uh, they they played one gig 
uh, as a jazz band, one that I got him. <laughs> uh, we had one of those uh, big, uh, uh, you know, what was it, uh, like a, a big blues bash at Connie's where we had four bands. And uh, Lee Bell did sound and recorded the shows and all that. And I still have a tape somewhere I got to find of that show. Uh, but anyway, so I hired them to do their jazz stuff. And uh, they played the jazz stuff. And that was the one and only gig they had. And I don't know what happened to any of those guys. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, that that was it. I mean, I know where Ernie. Ernie's with uh, Scotty and the Wingtips and... Uh, Steve Green and Harry Michaels and Billy Birch have disappeared out into the ether. Although, uh, if you know any of those cats, let me know. Tgary62 at gmail.com. Because uh, I'd like to know what happened to them, uh, where they went. And the problem is, especially with Steve Green and Harry Michaels, their names are just, are the type you just can't find on Facebook <laughs> or on Google. You know, There are certain names, including mine, that... Uh, Good luck Google them because you end up with a bunch of stuff uh, and you can't figure it out. Where is this? Is this really him? Is this somebody else? <laughs> uh, and Billy Birch, uh, last I heard, he had uh, he had he had, had a, a girlfriend and they had uh, and he had uh, uh, found uh, Jesus and I guess it was a. Um, yeah, like a fundamentalist thing, so he couldn't play uh, uh, blues or uh, rock or any of that stuff. And that's the last I heard, and I assume that's what he's still doing. I mean, I hope uh, that he's playing sax somewhere, but uh, and even if it's just gospel, that's cool with me, you know, because he's a great sax player, but wherever he ended up, uh, God bless you, Billy. Uh, and I would love to know what happened to him. Because uh, we did play quite a bit uh, before that whole jazz thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to go. It's been a weird night, a fascinating night. Uh, it's been a weird, fascinating week, and another weird, and fascinating week coming up. It just never ends. It's just like a rolling nightmare. <laughs> but you got the blues. The blues will help you when you feel it down, make you feel better. Yeah, listen to the blues. Listen to it every day. Listen to all the Iowa Blues showcases. We've got so many of them. You could listen to them uh, for many, 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 many weeks and not run out. <laughs> oh, and by the way, shout out to California. Uh, you're just kicking our butts with downloads. Uh, Iowa, you need to pick it up because you're in a far distant second now and you've been king of downloads for ever since the beginning. Uh, but you know what? Uh, we gotta, we gotta, gotta start doing it. Start, start uh, letting your friends in Iowa know that uh, you know California's out doing this by hundreds of downloads now. Of course, there's so many more people out there. <laughs> a big shout out, and thank you to all you people out in California. We love you very much. You are awesome. Uh, thank you for keeping us alive. All right, we gotta go. You have a great week, and we'll see you next week on the Iowa Blues. Showcase!